leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cleveland. Welcome to another edition of the 25 Great Iron Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Jokey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jack McCurdy of the North Coast Sports. How are you doing tonight, Jack? Oh, doing pretty good. Looks like we are going to see another win, even though it's the preseason by the Browns. Um, it's their fifth one in a row. Maybe that's an NFL record. I know. Uh, you know, maybe we should have hoped been hoping for a loss uh, tonight because if they go on four in the preseason, maybe they'll go 16-0, kind of reverse the thing from last year. But I'll take a win. Uh, I think the team played pretty well. We'll discuss all that here in a second. Um, you know, the Browns defeated the Giants tonight, 20-10. to um, Baker Mayfield looked good. Tyrod Taylor looked good. Um, the, the running game was uh, struggled quite a bit. But, um, you know, let's start off with the, the quarterbacks because I think that's obviously the most important thing. And, you know, that's probably most of our discussion on this podcast is what, you know, the quarterback situation is going to play out. What was your over, your overall uh, takeaway from tonight's game with the two quarterbacks? Well, I thought Tyrod came in and did exactly what I thought the starting quarterback of a team should do. He moved the ball down the field, um, was accurate with his throws, and he was right on the money with a strike to Najoku that uh, put the first touchdown on the board. And I thought, you know, he came in and did exactly what he needed to do, and it was perfect. It was uh, exactly what I was hoping for out of him. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I thought Tyrod looked, you know, he, he's a veteran. You know, he's 29 years old, but he's a veteran in this league. And, you know, we've discussed multiple times how the Buffalo Bills are really going to uh, miss him this season. And if you saw some of the Josh Allen clips tonight, you'll understand even more so why that they'll miss him. But, um, you know, he came in. He had five out of five passes. He had a touchdown to Njoku. Um, so, you know, I, I think we criticized you a lot last year for not throwing to Njoku, and it seems like Todd Haley uh, wanted to get him involved early. Uh, you saw that uh, with Njoku and Baker as well. Um, how would you think of the way uh, Haley uh, 
what did you think of Haley's play calling with with Tyrod on that first in those first couple of series? Oh, I thought it was great. You know, starting off the game, you know, it's funny. You know, you listen to Bernie Kosar, and he he said you guys need to go deep on the first play, first play of the game, back shoulder throw to, uh, to Jarvis Landry. It was a thirty-three yard gain. Of course, there was the uh, uh, taunting Bless penalty. Him. Yep, bless him. He, the taunting penalty backed it up, but, you know, I thought the play calling was great. You know, it got our weapons involved right out of the gate. You know, getting Landry involved and then, of course, getting to Njoku. You know, we have a guy that could be the next Gronk if he develops right in Njoku. When you have a guy that's six foot five, you implement him and you get him the ball, and that's exactly what Todd, ha- Todd Haley did early in the game. Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, we've talked about the wide receiver situation. I think Njoku is somebody that can really offset that situation because of the the playmaker that he is uh, with the football. So, you know, I'm glad that they were able to get him involved and hopefully this season that they definitely continue to get him involved because it's only going to open up things for the other receivers, uh, uh, Landry and, and Josh Gordon and, and Antonio Callaway, uh, Higgins, among others. So, um, you know, I w- was really pleased with, you know, the play calling with, with Tyrod and, uh, and Njoku, um, early on in the game. Let's move on to, uh, to Baker. What was your, you know, Baker tonight was 11 for 20, 212 yards, two touchdowns. He did take one sack, uh, didn't turn the football over. What do you think of Baker Mayfield in his first professional football game? Oh, I think it was about what I expected. I expected him to come out and play well and show that he wasn't scared of the moment. Obviously, not only was this game locally, but it was nationally on NFL Network. So the spotlight was clearly on Baker Mayfield. And, you know, he showed that he wasn't afraid of the moment. And it showed that, you know, he was ready for the NFL. I mean, granted, it's preseason and we may overact to these things, but seeing how quick he is and processing information and how he was able to improvise and uh, move around the pocket, move out of the pocket to extend plays. Um, it showed that his arm is NFL made. And, you know, I was thoroughly impressed with everything he did tonight. You know, I, what was your opinion on some of the play calling with, with Baker? Because there were a few instances where uh, I think it was his first series. They were uh, down inside. Was it the, 10, 15 yard line, and you know, third down and eight, they they ran the football. Uh, there's a couple other occasions where that happened as well. Is that just Todd Haley protecting Baker Mayfield, or is it uh, just trying to play a, a, a field position game at that point? I think it was more the field position. You know, we're backed up uh, in in our own or in their end zone. You don't want to turn the ball over and have the Giants score a touchdown, or you don't want them to get sacked in the end zone to be a safety you want to protect the football at that point i know a lot of people on twitter were frustrated that we were running the ball a lot and we needed to unleash baker but you know you got to take care of the football and that's the most important thing last year the browns led the nfl in turnovers so you got to emphasize with these quarterbacks and these guys know how to take care of the football that we need to take care of the football obviously and that's what they did they went conservative in certain situations, and I think that's necessary because you have to implement that in their minds, not just the quarterbacks, but the entire offense to take care of the football. 
you could say that there were a lot of positives uh, tonight from Baker Mayfield. Did you see any negatives uh, from him on the field? Not really. I mean, you know, you look, obviously people are going to say, well, he completed 55% of his passes. Um, but you didn't, if, if you're looking at it based on a box score, you clearly didn't watch the game and you're just coming in with a hot take. You need to go back, you watch the tape, you'll see that some passes were, um, he got rid of the ball. Some of them were dropped. Obviously, Callaway dropped a few at the beginning of the game when him and Baker were out on the field together. But all in all, it, it was a good performance, and it was exactly what I expected out of Baker. And hopefully, he goes in and watches the tape tomorrow. He, I mean, clearly there are things he could work on. He'll come back, and hopefully he'll learn from those and get better, and we'll see even a better Baker Mayfield than we did tonight, next week, when they play Buffalo. You know, if I had one one negative that I really noticed with Baker, it was there were three or four instances that when he threw the ball away, uh, he was throwing it off his back foot, and you know those passes kind of kind of sailed on him a little bit uh, as he trickled out of bounds or just landed inbounds away from everybody else. You know, those are those are plays I, I think where you really can't, um, you know, you can't force that issue if you're trying to throw it away. You can't throw it off your back foot. You have to make sure that ball is getting out of bounds. And you know, in, in the late, later months of the year when it's windy, those balls could hang around and, and get picked off. So if I had one negative, and I think it's really nitpicking, uh, but you know, just that, just not uh, being forceful and throwing those ones away. Yeah, I mean. Like I said, that's the thing where he'll go in tomorrow, watch the tape. Todd Haley, Ken Zampezi, they'll they'll tell him that, and then obviously Baker will go out on the field and try to correct those mistakes. But you know, the one play that I really loved was the touchdown throw he made to Najoku. You know, he stood back there in the pocket, and you could see his eyes, and you could see that he was looking all over the field for an open receiver. And I think Najoku at that point, and someone referenced this on Twitter, I forget who it was exactly, said that. Najoku was essentially Baker's fifth option at that point. So that just shows you that, you know, we've had other quarterbacks in the past, Sean Kaiser, Brandon Whedon, who will lock on to receivers. Baker keeps his eyes downfield and looks and scans the field for an open receiver. And I don't think we've had a quarterback like that in a long time. So that's always good that even if your first option is covered, you keep looking for an open option and then you make that decisive play. Um, looking at the, the, the quarterback situation for the Browns. You know, Drew Sandin played tonight and said it was uh, Brogan, uh, Brogan Robeck, uh, Robeck, whatever his last name is. He, he won't be here too much longer. But you know, the, the, those four guys, it seems like they actually have a plan when it comes to these quarterbacks. And I, I think it's weird when, when you think about that because it, it's been a long time since – I you can say that there's a solid plan and that they were able to execute it uh, to perfection, uh, well, at, at least so far. So what's your, your opinion on you know, having Tyrod play the first series, Baker the next two quarters, and then um, you know, Brogan uh, closing it out and just having Drew Stanton uh, sit? You know, I, I think they talked about uh, Stanton. Um, they know what they, they have in them, so you know there's really no need to play them. But is it nice to think that there's actually a plan in place and they're kind of following it and executing it? Well, on the episode that we recorded Tuesday with Jared Mueller, you know, I even said that I don't think we were going to see Stan. I thought we were going to see Roback, you know, after Baker Mayfield was done. And it is nice to know that 
as of right now, it looks like the Browns have a plan and they know what they're doing as it pertains to the quarterback position. You know, you want to get Tyrod in there just for a couple drives to keep him loose and let him see some in-game action. We know what we have in him, so that was good just to get him his couple series and be done with. Then you let Baker, he's making his pro debut, get his feet wet in the NFL, you know, notice the difference in speed from college to the pros, and he took a lot of the reps, obviously. He played this throughout the second and third quarter. And then, obviously, Roback, like you said, he's probably not going to be here at the end of preseason. Let him get his experience, too. So, you know, his tape gets out there, and other NFL teams can look at him to potentially put him on the practice squad or maybe sign him on as a third quarterback and let him develop. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if, if the Browns try to get him uh, signed to the practice squad. You know, they always have to – no pass through that that waiver thing. Um, you know, we'll see if they can get him through there and get him signed on to the practice squad. Um, you know, let, let's. What are some of your? We'll, we'll talk about Callaway in a second. But what are some of your other takeaways, concerns uh, about the first uh, preseason game? Well, obviously, the biggest the biggest takeaway was the lack of a running game um, tonight against the Giants. Obviously, we all knew or we all talked about going into this preseason and training camp, how the Browns were deep at running back. We have uh, Carlos Hyde, who we brought in free agency. We have Duke Johnson, who's been here for the last few seasons. And we drafted Nick Chubb in the second round of this year's draft. Uh, The run game was non-existent. You know, Hyde only had one carry. Duke had one carry. Um, Chubb had 15 carries for 11 yards. You know, some people just said that he looked slow. Um, just looked a little hesitant on some runs and I would agree with that assessment, but uh, I wouldn't freak out just yet on the running game. Um, Obviously they didn't really show it to the full potential. And I think we're going to see plenty of running the ball this year, just because of Todd Haley's scheme and um, how he loves to run the football is it's how he has in Arizona, Kansas city, Pittsburgh, wherever he's been. Um, The one alarming thing was the offensive line. Um, the starters, they looked good, you know, obviously pass blocking, they looked great. They only gave up one sack and that was, you know, Baker Mayfield held the ball too long on one play and obviously took the sack, but, uh, the run blocking was a big issue. Um, especially on the second team, I didn't think they looked that great. Uh, Corbett had some hiccups, but he's a rookie and he's also transitioning to a new position. Um, you know, the tackles on the backup line, Sean Coleman and Greg Robinson, they're not very good. Um, Drango looked like he was getting bullied all night. So if, you know, hopefully Kevin Zeitler comes back because the depth on the offensive right line right now, based on one game, looks pretty alarming. So that was my biggest takeaway. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. And, you know, I think a lot of people were concerned about how, um, Chubb wasn't getting going. Uh, Hyde only had one carry. Uh, you know, Duke only had one carry. But, you know, I, I think the, it really relies on, on the offensive line. It seemed like the pass protection uh, was fine uh, with the offensive line on both the first string and second string. But the the run blocking just wasn't up to standard at all. And, you know, I, I don't know if it, as part of – you know, moving Betonia left tackle, putting Corbett in the guard, just them not really, um, you know, getting familiar with the the blocking schemes right away. You know, they'll have time to learn all that. 
Uh, the second string, obviously, they've been shuffling people around out there. They promoted Greg Robinson to left tackle. They sent Sean Coleman down to second string right tackle. So, uh, you know, it, it'll be very interesting to see how this offensive line shakes out. And, you know, I think for the last, I don't know, seven, eight, ten years, you know, I think the offensive line has been you know, pretty solid. And, and it's weird once we finally think we're starting to turn this thing around, it's the offensive line that we're – we're actually worried about so um you know it'll be interesting to see if uh you know come cut down time if they add any other uh, players from other teams uh, in terms of offensive linemen but I, I think the starting five is is what you'll get and you know they need time to gel and hopefully when the, the third preseason game comes around uh Zeitler will be back and they're able to uh, get a cohesive unit out there and uh, play these five guys and hopefully build some kind of running game. Yeah, definitely. I, I do think that, you know, they'll go back and watch the tape. Obviously, you know, we're just doing our immediate reactions to this, but, you know, it did look alarming. You know, hopefully these guys will start to gel. Obviously, they're going to have to insert Zeitler back into the rotation in a couple weeks. But, you know, hopefully Dorsey's keeping an eye on potential linemen that could become available, whether it's trade or or on the waiver wire because players will start getting cut, especially after these games once um, the coaches start watching tape. And, of course, once they make the final cut downs, there's going to be plenty of action on the waiver wire. So hopefully the offensive line gets better and hopefully the running game will start to get better so people will start to calm down. Um, Another takeaway I have was the, the number of penalties. Theirs was a ton of penalties tonight. Um, it's pretty bad when you had more penalty yards and rushing yards as a team. Um, obviously the taunting, you know, we need guys with fire. So I'm not really concerned with all that. The, the Jarvis Landry penalty and, uh, Denzel Ward taunting a guy after he made the big hit early on in the game. I'm not worried about that. We need guys with fire. We need guys with heart because it seems like over the years we haven't had any, but the penalties need to come down big time. And that's also a, fundamental of uh it's bad coaching it's you're not coaching guys right obviously so more penalties are going to happen and obviously that's going to fall on Hugh Jackson and you know you guys are probably tired of me bashing him all the time but you know you need to coach better so that these penalties don't happen Uh, absolutely you know I I don't mind um the the, the taunting penalties I think both of them were were kind of weak um but I'll tell you what, that, that Denzel Ward hit, I I just had flashbacks to Gus Johnson yelling, you got barbecue back there, you didn't invite me. And that That's exactly what that play reminded me of, or, you know, he got ejected for that hit against Maryland, and then he shouldn't have been. But, um, you know, I I love to have, you know, him continue to be that hard-hitting uh, corner and, you know, not being afraid to go up and, and smash somebody in the face, which is what he did tonight. I, I absolutely love it. So I, I don't mind – the taunting penalties, as long as those guys that are doing it are backing up on the field. And I, I think Jarvis Landry, uh, there's no question, uh, you know, the first play out of the gate, uh, that 30-yard-plus catch that he had uh, is backing it up right away. Denzel Ward, you know, he's a first-round pick. Hopefully he can continue to do that. So, But, you know, the rest of the penalties, the pass interferences, the illegal formations, the holdings, you know, that's all stuff that has to get cleaned up. And hopefully, you know, over the next three weeks and the rest of the preseason, that's something that they can really clean up because, you know, penalties are, are drive killers. And, you know, I think we saw last year 
uh, there were countless times where the team got into the red zone, and when they weren't turning the, the turning the football over on interceptions, they were having uh, back-breaking penalties that took them out of field goal range and such. So uh, that's something that really needs to be cleaned up, and hopefully, uh, this you know over the next few weeks, they're able to do uh, that. Uh, let's talk about uh, Antonio Callaway a little bit. You know, obviously, uh, he made headlines for you know his uh, arrest and we, we talked about that a, a little bit well, i don't know if it was an arrest but he was cited for for marijuana but you know obviously we discussed that uh the other night with with jared mueller of the obr that's the off-field stuff what did you think of the on the field stuff tonight he had those drops early and he had a nice catch from baker uh they went for a touchdown what was your uh, opinion on callaway in his first game you know, like you said, he started out slow. You know, he made a couple drops. He had one throw. Baker threw down the left side of the end or left side of the field. And if he was just a step further, it would have been another touchdown. Um, but he got into a rhythm in the third quarter, made a couple catches, and obviously Baker threw a perfect ball to Callaway in stride. Callaway was able to cut up field and head towards the end zone, fifty-four yard touchdown. But you know. I think obviously once Callaway got settled in, we seen the athleticism and the traits that everybody talked about uh, when you talk about Antonio Callaway, the football player. Um, you know, we don't need to talk about the off the field stuff because it's in the past, and hopefully Callaway is looking forward from this point on because we all know he's got the talent. He know he has the talent, and he just needs to focus on that and whatever he can do to help the Browns. And if he can make plays like he did tonight. I feel really good about the Browns uh, wide receiver room as it stands now and with potential additions down the road. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I, I like that way. Obviously we saw the, the speed that he has, um, you know, fortunately we didn't get to see it on any of the punt returns. He really couldn't get anything going on those. Um, you know, talk about, you know, possible additions uh, to the, the wide receiver room. What was your, uh, uh, viewpoint on, on the tweet that was sent out tonight and kind of blew up your phone a little bit. <laughs> well, uh, you know, to bring everybody back during the pregame on the radio, John Dorsey was on and, you know, they were talking about Des Bryant and he goes, well, when Des Bryant picks up the phone, we're, we're ready to bring him in for a visit, but he's not picking up the phone. And, you know, I'm beginning to think that Dorsey's trolling everybody because of course Des Bryant was tweeting about the Browns during the game and someone tweeted at him, well, why don't you call John Dorsey and come join us? And he goes, I talked to John Dorsey. And then Des Bryant tweeted out, you know, I'm starting my visits next week. I'm coming to the land to see you, Mr. Dorsey. And it blew up out of proportion. I tweeted out, I said, Des Bryant's coming to visit the Browns per Des Bryant. He retweets that my phone blew up like crazy and still is. I had to put it on do not disturb mode, but you know, I just hope Des Bryant doesn't come in and is another Kenny Britt or a Dwayne Bow. We all know how talented Des Bryant is. One of the greatest wide receivers in Cowboys franchise history. Um, had a good season last year, but not up to his standards. His production has gone down the last couple of years and he's also been fighting injuries, but I think he can still play. Um, maybe he can help. 
I just hope he's not a negative influence on the young guys like Damian Ratley and Antonio Callaway. And obviously once Josh Gordon comes back, I hope he's not a negative influence on him. I think Jarvis Landry would stabilize all that. And if Des Bryant wants to be here at the end of the day, I would welcome him on this team because, like I said, I think he can still play and I think he can still help a team like the Browns that's on the upswing. Yeah, you know, I, I think he can definitely help the Browns as well. And hopefully uh, when he comes in for a visit next week, I, I think that, you know, hopefully they can get something done. Um, you know, it'd be an interesting thought to have him, uh, Josh and, and Callaway and Njoku and Landry out there all on offense at the same time. It, it's, a, it's a nice thought. And, you know, hopefully that's something that can become reality. And You know, it, it'd be well, – what would you think about – you know, bringing in another, you know, obviously they brought in Landry, but what would you think of bringing in like a, a true veteran receiver into this locker room, into that wide receiver room? Uh, it Depending on the person, I know we're tied to Brandon LaFell and Dorsey also said during that interview on the pregame that other receivers would be coming in next week. I would imagine LaFell is just because it's already been rumored interest. But if they could bring in another veteran, I don't think it would hurt at all, especially if he's a good veteran that's you know, going to help the locker room and not hurt it, then I'm all for it. Anything that can bring veteran leadership and be a positive in that locker room for such a young team, I'm all for it at the end of the day. Absolutely. And, you know, veteran leadership, I, I think, is what this team needs, you know, especially when you're trying to turn the culture around. Um you know, and, you know, bringing in veteran guys, you know, significantly helps that. So we'll see what happens uh, with the wide receiver room. Um, is there anything else from tonight uh, that you want to discuss or do you have any other takeaways or are we ready to get out of here in 25 minutes being on? Um, you know, on the other side of the field or for the other team, the Giants, you know, seeing Saquon Barkley, that first play going 40 yards down the field, I mean – is it safe to say he's probably going to be the offensive rookie of the year already? I mean, I know it's preseason and it's, it's a hot take, but I mean, I would probably name him the offensive rookie of the year for that'd be my prediction, obviously. Uh, possibly. Um, you know, I don't know if any of the other quarterbacks like Darnold or, or uh, Rosen or God help us, Josh Allen even approaches that, but um you know, but you know, after that one long run, he had four four yards on four carries after that. So it was like another Ohio State uh, Penn State game. So, you know, he'll have to. I would tend to think that they were cooling him off a little bit, but you know, that's something. The consistency is something that he'll have to have uh, if he wants to beat off as a rookie of the year. I mean, he looked fantastic on that run, and you know, maybe the Giants made the right choice on, on passing it. At a, on a quarterback at number two, uh, we'll find out with that one. Uh, but you know, if he runs the football like he did uh, on that first carry, then you know, there's probably no question he could definitely be the offensive rookie of the year. But uh, I, I think there's a couple other, there's probably another couple other candidates that could uh, could match that as well. But we'll we'll definitely uh, find out here uh, uh, as the season progresses. All right, as we get on out of here, you want to go ahead and plug everything you got going on. Absolutely. Uh, check out my website, thenorthcoastsports.com. I'll have an article posted sometime Friday of my takeaways from 
uh, tonight's game against the Giants and what I seen, what I liked, what I disliked. Uh, follow me on Twitter at jmccurrycle, and also check out the other podcasts that myself and Anthony do, the North Coast Sportscast. We're on Twitter at NC Sportscast. We're everywhere that you can listen to podcasts, pretty much. And uh, that podcast, we talk Indians, Cavaliers, Buckeyes, and anything else going on in the sports world. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Jokey, Jokey I. You can find the podcast on Facebook and on Twitter at Danny Five Gridiron. Uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, review our podcast on iTunes. We'd absolutely appreciate that. Uh, you can find our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and the Overcast apps. Uh, if you haven't listened to our podcast with Jared Mueller of the OBR, I really encourage you to listen to that. That was a fantastic interview that we had with him. Uh, we'll be back uh, probably Tuesday of next week. Um, we'll probably record Tuesday. It'll probably be on Wednesday morning. But uh, we'll be back uh, early next week. Uh, we'll uh, preview the the next preseason game that is next Friday against the Buffalo Bills and Corey Coleman um, and, and Josh Allen as well. Um so, you know, we'll, uh, as we get on out of here, I'll leave you with this, as I always do, and that is Go Browns. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.